Genesis chapter 49, verse 1. And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the end of days. He's actually going to prophesy their future by giving them his blessing to each one. This is all in proper order because in the last chapter, he saw Joseph first, and first he adopted Joseph's two sons, and he made them his own sons. And basically, he said that Joseph's sons will be like Reuben and Simeon, and Reuben and Simeon are his two firstborn, but he's going to take their blessing away and give it to Joseph's sons because Reuben and Simeon displeased him previously in their sin against their father. Two, assemble yourselves and hear ye sons of Jacob, and hearken unto Israel your father. So now all of his sons are gathered around him. But this will include Ephraim and Manasseh, whom he has just adopted. Three, Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might, and the firstfruits of my strength, the excellency of dignity, and the excellency of power. Four, unstable as water, hast have not thou the excellency, because thou wentest up to thy father's bed, then defilest thou it, he went up to my couch. So he's just told Reuben, you were supposed to get dignity and power and strength. That was supposed to be your blessing, but you slept with my concubine and you. 5. Simeon and Levi are brethren, weapons of violence their kinship. 6. Let my soul not come into their counsel. Unto their assembly let my glory not be united. For in their anger they slew men, and in their self-will they hewed oxen. That's because Simeon and Levi went and slaughtered all the men in the town where Dinah was violated. Their sister Dinah was raped and kidnapped. And so they went and killed all the men in that town, but they didn't have permission from their father to do that. He wouldn't have given them permission to do that. So now they have basically lost their blessing. But we know that later the priestly tribe comes from Levi. So God still has a plan for all of these sons. 7. Cursed be their anger, for it was fierce, and their wrath, for it was cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. And in the future they will become dispersed tribes in the diaspora, which is when God scattered the tribes of Israel. 8. Judah, thee shall thy brethren praise, thy hand shall be on the neck of thine enemies, thy father's sons shall bow down before thee. So in a sense, Judah is now kind of taking Reuben's place. Reuben was the firstborn, but now it's as if Judah is the firstborn. Jacob, Israel, doesn't have anything against Judah. Judah has never displeased his father in an individual way. Judah is is going to be the royal tribe from which Jesus descends. 9. Judah is a lion's whelp from the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down, he couched as a lion, and as a lioness, who shall rouse him up? Judah is mighty like the lion, and that's why from him all the kings will come. Jacob is displeased with his sons, but he never holds what they did to Joseph against them because of what they did to him, they've all been redeemed. They've all been saved from starvation because they sold Joseph, or in spite of the fact that they sold Joseph, they've all been redeemed by God through Joseph. 10. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, as long as men come to Shiloh, and unto him shall the obedience of the peoples be. 
the ruler's staff from between his feet, and that shows that he will be sitting on a throne. You know how kings have that long staff when they're sitting on the throne, and the end of it is between their feet on the floor. 11. Binding his foal unto the vine, and his ass colt unto the choice vine, he washeth his garments in wine, and his vesture in the blood of grapes. So he's dressed in wine, which means he will be rich, because all the kings will come from him. 12. His eyes shall be red with wine, and his teeth white with milk. So he'll be very rich. 13. Zebulun shall dwell at the shore of the sea, and he shall be a shore for ships, and his flank shall be upon Zidon. And Zebulun means dwelling. 14. Issachar is a large-boned ass, meaning donkey, couched down between the sheepfolds, and that means that he's a working donkey, because the donkey that's laying with a sheep is carrying all of the shepherd's gear. So this is a worker. Issachar means for hire. So Issachar's blessing is that he will always have employment. He'll always be productive. 15. For he saw a resting place that it was good in the land, that it was pleasant, and he bowed his shoulder to bear and became a servant under task work. So he will find a good dwelling. All of his ancestors will find a beautiful dwelling, and they will work really hard. 16. Dan shall be shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. It says that he will be judged. So from him, some of the judges will come. We'll go over the judges before the kings of Israel come, there will be judges of Israel. And that's why we'll come to the book of Judges eventually. And I think that's before First and Second Samuel, which is when we start learning about the kings of Israel. 17. Dan shall be a serpent in the way, a horned snake in the path that biteth the horse's heels, so that his rider falleth backwards. Dan will be like a fighter who attacks where people don't expect him to. And it says a snake with horns, so that's pretty interesting. Horns in the Bible are always a symbol of strength. So whenever it says my horn, it means my strength. Like when King David said my horn, he was talking about his power. The strength of an ox is in the horns, and the strength of a rhino is in its horn. So that's why horn is a symbol of strength. 18. I wait for thy salvation, O Lord. 19. Gad, a troop shall troop upon him, but he shall troop upon their heel. So the tribe of Gad will be attacked in battle, but he will attack the heel as well. Also, he will be sneaky, and he'll be able to attack from behind. 20. As for Asher, his bread shall be fat, and he shall yield royal dainties. Asher, if I remember correctly, has something to do with baking. So he will bake dainties for the king. He will provide very fine quality food service for kings. He will have wealthy businesses. So maybe people around the world who provide dainties fit for a king, maybe they are descended from the tribe of Asher. Maybe people around the world who are never without work and are highly productive, maybe they're descended from Issachar. Um, Maybe people around the world who are awesome, fighting in battle and mighty warriors, maybe they're descendants of Gad. 21. Nephtali is a hind set loose. He giveth goodly words. So Nephtali is represented as a deer, giveth goodly words, that means that he says things that help people. So perhaps Nephtali has gifts of prophecy. Nephtali could also be a teacher, and Nephtali could be an artist, a poet, a songwriter. So perhaps if a person is descended from Nephtali, that is their blessing.
22. Joseph is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine by a fountain. Its branches run over the wall. What is the 12 tribes? Does it include Ephraim and Manasseh, or does it include Joseph? Because there's different ways of looking at the 12 tribes. When you look in Revelation, it seems to include Joseph in the 12 tribes. And when you look at the book of Exodus, also seems to include I think in Exodus, it includes Ephraim and Manasseh. I'll try to see if I can piece it out as we go along through the Bible. 23. The archers have dealt bitterly with him and shot at him and hated him. That is a symbol of how his own brothers sold him into slavery. 24. But his bow abode firm, and the arms of his hands were made supple by the hands of the mighty one of Jacob from thence from the shepherd, the stone of Israel. See how Jacob calls Jesus a shepherd right here. He's referring to Jesus, and he also calls him the stone of Israel. And in the book of Exodus, we will see that there is a rock, the rock of Horeb. And later in the New Testament, it will tell us that that rock represented Jesus. So Jacob is actually mentioning Jesus in this verse. He's prophesying. It's interesting that he says that Joseph is going to be an archer. Joseph is the same name of the man who was considered to be Jesus' father, and Joseph was also the name of the man who took Jesus' dead body off of the cross. The name Joseph plays a lot in the gospel story, and we'll cover more about that when we get to the New Testament. 25. Even by the God of thy Father, who shall help thee, and by the Almighty, who shall bless thee, with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that coucheth beneath, blessings of the breasts and of the womb. He will be fruitful. He'll have many, many children. He'll even be blessed in the sea. I guess he'll get food from the ocean. And he'll be blessed from the heavens, so he'll get food from the skies as well. And if you have a bow, you can shoot fish and birds with a bow. So maybe that means he will use his archery to get food. 26. The blessings of thy father are mighty beyond the blessings of my progenitors unto the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. They shall be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of the prince among his brethren. And this also confirms the dream that Joseph had, the two dreams that he had when he was young. And you'll see after Jacob dies that his brothers are actually afraid of Joseph because he's so powerful. 27. Benjamin is a wolf that raveneth. In the morning he devoureth the prey, and at night he divideth the spoil. So this means Benjamin's tribe are going to be fabulous warriors. And that will be important later when the tribes of Israel are battling with the people who live in Canaan. 28. All these are the twelve tribes of Israel, and this is it that their father spoke unto them and blessed them. Everyone according to his blessing, he blessed them. Joseph was included here because he's one of the twelve, and also because Jacob had already blessed his two sons before he called the other brothers. So now all twelve of the brothers are getting their blessing. 29. And he charged them and said unto them, I am to be gathered unto my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron the Hittite. 30. In the cave that is in the field of Machpelah, which is before Mamre, in the land of Canaan, which Abraham bought with a field from Ephron the Hittite for a possession of a burying place. So he wants to be buried in the same cave 
that Abraham and Sarah are already buried there. And I think Leah is buried there or she's going to be buried there. 31. There they buried Abraham and Sarah, his wife. There they buried Isaac and Rebekah, his wife. And there I buried Leah. Oh, okay, so all these people are already there. And remember, Rachel was buried on the way to Bethlehem. She didn't get to be buried in this special burying place of the family. 32. The field in the cave that is therein, which was purchased from the children of Heth. 33. And when Jacob made an end of charging his sons, he gathered up his feet into the bed and expired and was gathered unto his people. So as soon as he was done blessing, blessing them, his mission in life was over. He immediately died. And that shows us that you die when your mission is over. If you're following God, you die when your mission is over. And no one else has authority over that. So there's no reason to fear death. And if you're not following the Lord, you'll die when the Lord has decided you've had enough chances to repent. So that's a warning for us. And that concludes Genesis chapter 49.